What is up, everyone? Welcome back to the 3C Podcast. I'm your host, Brett McGrath. It's Monday, and you know what that means. Another conversation coming at you live from the Juice Team. I keep hearing the word aligned or alignment at our company, and I said, you know what? That's awesome. That is something I want to pour champagne on. That is something I want to promote. So I bring on Jonathan, talk about alignment, how he is building alignment within our team at an early stage. Hopefully there's a lot that you can pull from this conversation um, and learn from and apply into your day-to-day. If you like what you're hearing on the 3C Podcast, hit that subscribe button, leave that five-star review. We do appreciate that. If you want to check out what we're doing at The Juice, go check out our website, thejuicehq.com. Also be a part of our newsletter. You'll be the first to know about what's happening with our company, the product we're building, and you'll receive some content from us regularly. So you can go hit the link in the show notes. You can also drop us your email on our website and be a part of the journey. Without further ado, let's kick it to the conversation. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to the Monday edition of the 3C Podcast. I am here with Jonathan. There's not a lot of structure to this conversation. We, we talked about it before I hit record, but we do have a topic and that topic is alignment. Before we jump into alignment, Jonathan, how are you doing? How's your week going so far? I'm doing well. It's uh, it's been a bit, last week felt like a really good week. I think this alignment conversation is coming out of us feeling good as a team at the end of that week. You know, I I always talk with friends and family starting a company. It feels like you have days where it's just inevitable that you're going to change the world and days where you feel like what you're doing is completely impossible and not a lot in between, actually. So today feels like one of those inevitability days. Uh, So excited to have this conversation. I'm excited about some of the progress the team is making in real time and uh, excited to eventually get to share that with the world and the listeners of the podcast. For sure. And I want to maybe touch on that because I think what you just remarked is something that I've been thinking a lot about. And we've got a team full of positive, very talented people that just grind and put in the work. And we're at this stage in our business that is, it seems like we've been here for a while, but it's still so brand new. And like, at least from my perspective, every day I walk, walk, I say walk into work, I go to my kitchen table and start (laughs) working. There's so much that I want to accomplish. And I, I hold myself to certain expectations as I think the rest of the team does. However, like it's really impossible. I'm beginning to get in this mindset. It's like really impossible to think that you're going to like accomplish everything overnight. I know in your seat, you know, you're looking at, you know, marketing, go to market. You're looking at product. uh, You're looking at just growth of the business, fundraising. Like, how are you managing those things? Because it's a lot and it's going to take time. But how do you manage that? those things yourself? Yeah, I'm a, uh, anybody who knows me knows I'm a pretty disciplined person when it comes to like to-do list and note-taking. I am old-fashioned pen and pencil or pen and paper, uh, not pen and pencil, that would be wild, uh, but pen and paper, note-taker, um, and to-do list manager. And I have noticed uh, in this role, you know, if my to-do list ever becomes too tactical by nature that that's a problem. In the early days when it was just me on the team, there was obviously some tactical work that needed to be done. And I've just noticed as the team has come on board, you know, through a combination of delegation and communication with the team, trying to move some of those tactical things off my plate and really narrowing it down to just, let's call it 
between three to five really big priorities for the week. And then just communicating that daily in our standups as a team, weekly in our weekly recurring meetings as a team, um, and just making sure I'm over communicating what my priorities are for the week. So nothing falls through the cracks and just to try to set kind of the strategic vision, uh, CEO buzzwords there for you, but strategic vision for how we're going to move the business forward kind of on a weekly basis, even as recent as this week, when we're recording the podcast, we, we talked as a team, we are on the February fiscal year. So our our quarter, our Q1 is February through April. Uh, Most of the team members started in January and we set quarterly goals for Q1, right? Which is great. But I think also part of the process at this stage of the business is understanding when and how to move the goalposts just a little bit. It's something I hate to do. It's actually one of my pet peeves, something that in the future I hope we can really avoid is just moving goalposts continually. But I think at this stage, you know, quarterly goals are even somewhat aspirational because our business changes so much on a daily and weekly basis, which is awesome. That's part of the fun of this stage is we get to make really big, really business changing decisions in real time. But we'd be foolish if we didn't revisit those quarterly goals halfway through the quarter and uh, make sure we're setting ourselves up for success and aligning uh, as the theme of this podcast to the right goals in real time. Yeah, I I think that's right. And I think just touching on the strategic vision, it's a buzzword, but I think it's important. And I think maybe, you know, a lot of companies overlook this, but I think just setting the vision and talking about it and being aligned on a day-to-day basis is important, especially at our early stage as a company. And I think like, so, so the reason why I wanted to do a conversation on alignment was last Friday in our team meeting before we go eat fajitas on Fridays and not worry about work anymore. It seemed like everybody used the word aligned, aligned, aligned when they were giving their updates, which was good. I looked at you and I could see like, you were like, I could see it on your face. You're like, oh, this is great. Like people feel aligned. And because I think part of your role in is to build alignment with our, in our team. So that's why I want to jump into just alignment and what it means. I think just from my perspective, you have tried to build that alignment from the beginning by just the structure at which we meet with each other on a regular basis. Um, We have a, a meeting on L10 on Monday afternoon, where it's kind of, we, we talk about what we're focusing on, obstacles, review different things, stand-ups Tuesday through Thursday, and then we close it out on Friday with, with a kind of a team meeting on what we accomplished and what we're looking forward to each week or the next week. So it's this nice rhythm and this nice flow. So you implemented it. What was your mindset on implementation of this kind of aligning alignment type meeting workflow and where does it come from? Yeah, great question. I, I, I'll be curious to turn this back around on you. I, I appreciate the feedback here kind of in real time, but I, I think there's still some room for improvement in it. Uh, and I think, you know, it took, honestly, it took the team some misalignment to get aligned. Like we had uh, the week prior to us all feeling aligned. There was some difficult conversations we had to have and a lot of time spent kind of getting realigned, but then it felt like we really um, captured momentum once we were realigned. And I think last week was just a really great week for the team 
So in terms of the process that you mentioned, the L10 meeting is supposed to be a leadership meeting, but a team of five, we're all in leadership. So we meet weekly um, on Mondays uh, in this L10 format. And that is inspired by the EOS uh, operating model or entrepreneurial operating system. There's a book called Traction that is really good. I'd recommend it. It's a quick, easy read. It's actually something that we instilled at a brewery uh, that I helped start uh, kind of two career stops ago. Uh, very fast beer environment and craft beer, very different than software, but the pace was very fast. And um, a lot of the same mechanics and how you operate the business uh, were there. And we uh, bought into this EOS system and really liked it. And then I went to Springbuck, a healthcare analytics company back in the software as a service space. And we actually, they were implementing it there. So I was very fortunate. I was familiar with it. And I was leading a team of over 20 people at one point there. And uh, when I moved into the leadership role, we were kind of on the fence. The team was kind of on the fence about um, this EOS model. And I said, hey, if we're doing it, like we're going all in on it. We're either going to not do it or we're going to do it to the best of our capabilities. Um, and so I brought this L10 meeting model, uh, which is a combination of check-in on goals, raising of issues, discussing those issues, solving those issues. And what's interesting is you don't really talk about the goals. Um, you just uh, report out to the team whether or not it's on track or off track. And then if it's off track, it can become an issue to discuss later in the meeting. But uh, the first, I think, four times we had this meeting, you at the end of the meeting, you rate the meeting one to 10 on the effectiveness of the meeting. I was getting like below five on these meetings. And it became, it became, I became a punching bag for uh, the L10 model at Springbuck. My boss was making fun of me, laughing at me. And my meeting with him every week, we were reviewing uh, the score of the meeting and uh, it was hilariously bad for a few weeks. But I think the more comfortable the team got with it, the more um, structure we implemented around it, um, around the meeting efficiency, they began to really like it. And over time, like that ended up being, I think one of our team's favorite hours every week. And so that's something that we learned a lot in. And I think, I know some of those team members have even taken that model now elsewhere in their career, which is cool to see. But I brought that as we were hiring four people at the same time at the juice in January. I was like, we really need some structure. So I've kind of cherry picked my favorite pieces of that traction or EOS model. And we meet L10 um, weekly on Monday. We do a stand-up Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And then we do a weekly wrap uh, that's supposed to be more informal at the end of the week. And I think that creates a really nice cadence for us to all touch base every day. Obviously, the virtual environment we're all living in now makes this even more challenging. But it feels good that we've got a weekly touch point And we kind of try to balance the personal and professional as well, which I think is important when everybody is virtual. And there's times it feels clunky. There's times it feels great. But I think uh, everyone's been really transparent in uh, how they're communicating, how they're feeling. And uh, the team has benefited from that. Yeah. So I, as, a, as a participant of these meetings, I think it's been a good way to understand the priority, not only the priorities and like the goals of the people that I'm working with for the first time, but you start to really understand like what makes these people tick and what they're, they're about because inevitably through these conversations, they're sharing, you know, personal stories of things that they're doing, things that they like, things that they motivate. And to me, it's just a good way, especially in this virtual environment to build and develop culture, because I think it's an important thing that any company 
anywhere, but especially a company that's just forming to be mindful of culture. So from my seat, as we're, we're talking about it, our, our work and priorities, I all, always kind of leave these conversations, think that like, all right, well, we might not be able to see this right now, but like that meeting really contributes to like the culture we're building as a whole. So that's my perception. Like, what's your reaction to that? Yeah, it's. I, I think one of the other really valuable things we did specific to culture was early on, we did work with me user manual that we all shared that was partially like work style, but also just like kind of individual quirks and curiosities that we all have about each other. You know, how do you like to be communicated to? How do you like to receive feedback? How do you like to give feedback? Um, what should we know about you? Uh, if we're collaborating on a project, those sorts of things. And that was a really fun meeting um, just to get to know each other a little bit and to understand some of those personality traits that we all have. Uh, And so that was a really fun way to get to know each other. And then I agree kind of in this virtual world, I think it's, you know, we could very easily every morning have a 15 minute stand up where we each just talk about projects and things we're working on, but we always prioritize personal check-in. And then I think it creates a cool, overlap of personal and professional kind of weaving together in a way that feels very um, natural and organic that uh, we have a lot of fun with. We are sharing Spotify playlists this morning. Um, we're sharing favorite, we're talking about favorite music just based off a conversation that uh, organically organically came up in um, our standup this morning. So it's been really fun, still learning a lot about the virtual world and uh, kind of this leadership role in the team, but I, it feels genuinely, it feels like we all are having a lot of fun working together. But again, that doesn't, we've also, I think the most encouraging part is we've had to have difficult conversations as well. And um, the team has gotten through those. And I'm, I'm really excited to grow the team now into the future with uh, this culture that we've set as a foundation. Totally. And then, so like the, these meetings, we're talking about culture, we're talking about alignment, Um, I think you look at our squad with five people and there's this, maybe some, if someone were viewing it and looking at what we were doing, some people might say, well, you know, you got to just kind of just like figure it out. Don't like over-engineer like what's going on, just kind of like figure it out, which this whole like figure it out mentality can be organized chaos. Some startups, that's what they thrive in. They like this idea of just like, trying and testing and doing a bunch of stuff that, and everyone's kind of in their own pockets and then they come together and say, this worked at this, this, this didn't. And then they maybe make decisions off of that. So how do you like think about it from the perspective of, yeah, we need to be aligned, but also there's like a a part of it too, that there, there probably needs to be some sort of unorganized chaos at some level. Like, how do you think about those two different contrasting, like, mentalities when we're trying to build this company? Yeah, I think there's definitely a certain amount of figure it out that is good. And I think my role is just putting the right guardrails in place and then figuring it out within those guardrails, right? Like we're going to bump, we're going to bump up against those guardrails quite often. You know, we're probably going to even flip over them once or twice, but as long as we all know what those guardrails are and are moving forward, um, I think that's the important part. Like you and I talk even some about uh, our newsletter, a great example. Like we love our newsletter. We think we're providing really awesome content. Is it the best newsletter in the world? Probably not at this stage. We think it will be at some point, but again, we wanted progress over perfection. And so we're like, let's, let's move this forward. Let's get people to react to it. Let's see what resonates with people. And then let's continue to improve it from there. 
Um, and so that's been really good. I, I think this structure that you and I mentioned around the meetings just puts the right guardrails, the right communication systems in place to let people figure it out within them. And the other area where I think we are letting the figure it out uh, kind of mantra live and breathe is with core values. I think like cliche to a point, like every business has core values that they want to paint on their wall and put on their website and champion. Um, and Eric and I, when we were working on kind of employee onboarding, we were asked to provide our company's core values to high alpha HR, which I appreciate them, you know, even at an early stage thinking those are important. But Eric and I kind of looked at each other and we're like, we don't know what our core values are yet, right? Like we have some operating principles, um, you know, how we want people to make decisions, how we want people to communicate, how we want people to work. But we really hope this like early stage employee base helps set our core values and what matters into the future. We'd rather kind of look in the rear view mirror uh, with really, you know, talented people and say, this is what our core values are based off of a year working together, getting to know what matters to each other and getting to know each other as opposed to like prescribing core values to people. So that's, that's an area where we're kind of letting the culture breathe and evolve in real time. And then, you know, over time, we'll eventually define those core values as, as we have a better feel. But that's, that's an area where I think we're kind of letting some natural growth happen uh, under that figure it out umbrella. Yeah, uh, let let the organic nature uh, set its course. And uh, I don't know, it's, you know, we we've been a part of uh, an organization with a very strong culture with very strong core values. And to that, to, to me, that's not something that, you know, the, the founders of exact target probably just, you know, day one wrote it down and said, here's what we're about. I'm sure over a course and different iterations of that business, they, things began to stand out in terms of people that were doing things that were pushing the business forward. So I, I think, that mindset and mentality, let it take shape and form um, is important. I want to talk about just when I think about alignment, I think about three types and I just love to get your reaction about how you think about these three types. I think about people in role alignment, people in goal alignment and people in team alignment. How, when, when you're thinking about those different types of alignment, like what, what stands out for you in terms of you and your seat and the the way you're operating and trying to bring people together. Yeah. Uh, I like all three of those and we've had wins and failures with all three, I think. So the role alignment, great example of this stage, you and Elena, both marketers um, on the team early on, we thought we had set that up for efficiency and we learned that we actually hadn't. And so you, me and Elena came together and figured out, right, let's put a little bit more clarity around role definition. This is a place where uh, maybe we don't need to figure it out quite so much, but we can actually uh, create some structure around this. And so I think that is, um, you know, it, it is such a, maybe just for me, but the exercise of like writing a job description always feels very laborious and just tedious and not, not necessarily a process I really enjoy, but man, if you can do it well and uh, spend the time to get that right and have somebody come in with the exact right expectations, I, I just think that's uh, massive. A uh, huge opportunity if you do that well and consistently. On the goal alignment, as part of the EOS and traction model, they call them rocks. So quarterly rocks, the idea is the company has rocks and then 
uh, kind of cascades down through the business and uh, leadership team has rocks and then their teams have rocks and it just cascades through the full business. And as part of that process, we, in almost every meeting, we communicate whether those rocks are on track or off track. So I, I just think goal alignment is you have to over communicate those things. And I, I, you know, you read a lot about the CEO's job being over communicating like vision and goal for the business. And so that's something that is always top of mind for me. And then team alignment, um, you know, I think at this stage, very fortunate, we're five people. It's really tough. We are one team, you know, there's technically a marketing team, a product team, a engineering team, but really those are just individuals at this stage. So right now that that isn't overly difficult. We can get all teams on a single call very easily and all talk about the same things. But as teams grow and there starts to be more hierarchy in the business, that's something we'll have to work through and we'll have to lean into what's worked to this point and learn from what's not worked. But I'm just really fortunate to have the stellar team we have at this stage uh, that makes the team alignment a little bit easier uh, with only five people on board. Yes, it is. I would say the alignment is easier with less people. That is for damn sure. Got to plug it because it is something that went live this week, but there is a perhaps a new member out there of the juice team that wants to join the party and talk and be a part of the alignment. Um, there's a uh, job description for a, a sales pro that you've put out there, which based on some of the work we're doing and getting our name out there aggressively. And I would say part of the reason why I joined, it's a problem I believe in. It's a cool company. There's probably going to be a lot of interest from uh, different sales professionals in, in the network and, indie network and perhaps beyond how are you like how are you thinking about new people from a sales perspective from not from a sales perspective doesn't really matter however you want to take it but how are you thinking about bringing in new people and making sure that they are aligned with kind of what the work we've already been doing and and help push us forward yeah, the great thing is I, I have four people on the team I can look at and say, are they aligned with uh, this t- the team that we currently have? Because if so, then I think that's a really great opportunity for us to bring more people on like that. And that might sound like we're erring on like getting a bunch of like-minded people. I would not say we're all like-minded people on our team, but um, I think we're all, again, aligned around the vision and the problem that we're solving and very passionate about it. So as I think about hiring, I think um, what we are doing in the space, and it goes back to the last podcast you and I recorded, Brett, around, uh, you know, it's better to be a pirate than join the Navy. Like what we are doing is disruptive in the content marketing space. So we need somebody who has no fear, whether that's a failure, whether that's a potentially ruffling feathers of other marketers, whether that's, you know, no fear in speaking up and voicing your idea and your opinions at this stage. Uh, And I think specifically in the sales role, obviously no fear of hearing no, because we're going to hear it a lot. I've been sitting in the um, sales seat uh, for the first couple of months on board here. I'm I'm actually looking at our pipeline right now. I've got it up on a screen and uh, I've heard no from uh, 59 companies, it looks like, right? Uh, And so I think I want somebody who's you know, hungry is so cliche, but uh, somebody who wants to run really fast with us and has no fear of of a really big vision that we're running towards. And I think that's where that alignment conversation stemmed from last week is we all got 
really aligned around, hey, what we're doing is really big and really hard. And, you know, it's going to be iterative, but it's not going to be safe, right? Like we're not going to do something because it's the safer thing to do. Uh, we're going to do something iterative because that moves us towards the really big vision that we have. And I think we as a team all want to go really big. So we need a, a sales team that aligns with that really big vision and has no fear of that vision. I love it. And you've worked with a lot of salespeople. So have I. What is, you talked about the no fear. You talked about, you know, being able to take no, like what is maybe talk to me about like, what is another quality that is of importance to you in terms of like salespeople? Like what is a winning ingredient that you see in salespeople that you've worked with along the way? Well, having my experience in working with sales team members, when I was fulfilling a marketing seat, I would say the best sales team members always worked with their marketing team really well. And that's that's half tongue in cheek. I know there's the old like sales and marketing dispute, debates, fights, et cetera. But you know, there's magic that happens when sales and marketing teams are aligned. Um, there's magic when I think sales members know how to use marketing to their advantage. And the best sales reps I've seen are able to do that. And there's always certainly some, hey, marketing, can you also help me do this really urgently? Um, and I think good marketers accordingly also have to know when the right time is to say yes and you know pivot on a dime versus uh, say no um, politely to their sales uh, team members. But I think to tie that into our business, you know, part of what our business aims to do is to make content more accessible, uh, more collaborative between sales and marketing teams. And so I think sales reps who like marketing, respect marketing, see the role that it plays in the sales process are going to really think the product we're building is really cool. I think they'll be able to, as they're talking to marketers, talk about their own experience in working with marketing. I, I think that would be really valuable. Um, so kind of tongue in cheek there on the sales and marketing alignment, but also I think for our business, very real and very important. Sales and marketing alignment is near and dear to my heart. I will say though, when I had my first marketing job, my very first thing I did was support enterprise salespeople in the Northeast. And so you got people who are selling into, you know, financial district on Wall Street, people selling into consumer brands in Manhattan. And there wasn't a lot of saying no to those people out of the gates. It was uh, working extra hours and trying to prove itself, but yourself, myself. But I feel like the more you understand the mentality of the salesperson and get on the same page, like there are a couple meetings in my life that I'll never forget. And one of them being uh, Tim Kopp, who's the CEO of Terminus now, we were in, uh, who was the CMO at Exact Target at the time, and him emphatically talking about the relationship he had with Andy Kofoid, who was the COO of the business, and what he was doing to drive our team to work with their team, and how if we don't do this, we wouldn't be successful. And mind you, this is happening while it seemed like contracts were just coming in left and right. And it's like, this guy probably knows what he's talking about. So I think we, we're a business that while we do not have people operating in specific sales roles right now, we do think it's important. I think it's nice to hear you say that because I think we'll all be mindful of building that alignment, me and my role as a marketer and the future sales people that come in. Yeah. At this stage, we're all in sales, right? Like, uh, we have to be for survival of the business, right? Which sounds scary, but um, it's also kind of fun uh, to think about how we tie everything back to that 
goal and that number we're we're trying to achieve. And uh, I've learned a lot in that role and excited to learn a lot from somebody who comes into that role and has an expertise in selling. And I think that'll only make us more mature and more refined as a business. I love it. A lot of ground covered on alignment, um, a lot of good stuff. We have these conversations, um, not beforehand, but in real time. So I learn a ton. Hope, hopefully you do too, Jonathan. And hopefully you out there as a listener, you're gaining some value. There's a topic in our Slack thread that I think I want to touch on next week. And that was something you said, buying the buying process is not linear. So maybe we can jump on that thread next week. I have a few ramps I can go on uh, there. So happy to uh, let everyone tune in to me ramping. That, that should be fun for everybody involved. All right. Thanks everyone out there. We will be back soon and uh, have a good one. That was really fun. I enjoyed chopping it up. I think it's really important to stay as connected as possible with your teammates in this virtual setting. And if it means having an extra meeting or two each week, it's worth it. Trust me, clear communication, being on the same page. And what is that word? Yes, being aligned. It's the key to success. If you like what you've been hearing on the show, hit that subscribe button. Leave us a review if you think we're doing a good job. We'll be back definitely on Friday with a conversation with a content marketer. For that, take care of yourself, take care of others around you. Talk to you real soon.